Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers, Chell and Josh coming at you this week with an interview from Joanne Williams. She has a very cool niche in the anxiety space of mental health and wellness, which I think probably 2020 made a lot of people anxious if they weren't anxious already. But she really breaks it down specifically for entrepreneurs. What did you think, Josh? So one thing I really like about being a podcast host is getting free advice and training from people. Two anxious people like yourself and myself just found somebody uh, who wanted to uh, tell us about their specialty. Bam, free training. (laughs) (laughs) And we passed it on to you. So yeah, anyone, again, we preach all the time, but if you're holding yourself back, with anxiety, fear about anything that you're trying to get started, uh, this episode's for you because she speaks directly to that. Yeah. And I feel like she gives really practical tips like that you can implement when you're starting to feel this way. So give a listen, guys. Without further ado, Joanne Williams. All right, Joanne, we are stoked to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, and how you got into this current space. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been a a mental health professional for 30 years now. And, you know, I got into it to help people. I think the really most of us do, and usually we're probably got family issues and things like that, that we do end up kind of working on as we do it. And my specialty, excuse me, has been anxiety and always, always, always had, now you call it a side hustle. I call it private practice, (laughs) you know, (laughs) working, whether it was in school with kids or in hospitals. Um, I always, you know, had at least two jobs and I always felt like, it was a good balance in some way that you got the steady job to keep the bills so you don't get anxious to start a new side. Private practice. We moved around a lot. I'd like to live in a lot of different places, and that always helped me. So I think I've always worked at least two jobs, and I love it. I love to work and I'd love to learn. So I think that's what mental health has always given me a chance to just always learn and more about myself. That's awesome. How did you find this niche of anxiety in particular? Cause I mean, with mental health, there are so many different niches I feel like that you can like delve into, but anxiety in particular. Hmm. Well, I, you know, it is, the largest percentage of disorders is anxiety. And I started out actually working in a mental hospital for children. You you guys don't even remember those probably. There wasn't such a thing. You have. Yeah. As a, as a dietitian. As a dietitian. So I would have been as a therapist and, and, you know, you could, I could just clearly see trauma, 
generally, you know, psychological trauma, a lot of times is the start of why people are anxious. I mean, it pretty much makes sense. And I could just see that this fear-based issue is just pervasive. And it's almost in everyone, in every, everywhere you look, but it's just the degree of it. <laughs> it seems like that people have. And so I just continued along that line. And um, I, I worked a lot with children with trauma, then adults with trauma, <laughs> domestic violence. So I just, and that seems like is, is anxiety is what comes out of trauma. So I've pretty much just kept that as my specialty till today. I actually work with people to have a psychiatric service animal or emotional support animal to help with anxiety. It, I, I think it's one of the easiest ways ever to help with anxiety. I agree 100%. I actually registered my my pooper scooper as uh, an emotional support animal last summer. I also have anxiety, but it was also so that she could be on the plane with us to come over to Europe. So I'm really bummed that that has been recently passed as something that can't be done anymore because I have anxiety about her being underneath on an airplane. So like it is it's still it's a way. So we can maybe talk about that. That would be awesome. But like that's what a that's <laughs> what a psychiatric service dog is now. Very cool. Uh-huh. Very cool. So I mean, I think. I think that there are definitely different coping mechanisms and I'm sure you work with a variety of different clients based off of their needs and like what coping mechanisms can be. But we are here today. We can talk about that if you'd like, but we are here to talk about something a little bit bigger than that too, right? So strategies to get you from fear to fearless. And I'm sure that these two kind of intertwine as well. So maybe let's start with some strategies and if they kind of intertwine with this, you can Get us from fear to fearless as well. Make me fearless. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing. It is a process. And the, the, I, I've created what I call a thrive system. And part of that is actually having to notice, having to start to look at what do I, what am I thinking when I start to get anxious? What am I thinking when I have, I'm frozen maybe? And it's like, what's going on? Because what happens most times that people are unaware of, I call them the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? And it starts this wheel of worry going or anxiety that is very hard to intersect or stop. And so what I have found is that one of the best ways to stop that is what am I thinking right now? And most of us don't. We just keep that wheel going. We're unaware of it. So if you could just stop for a moment and think, what am I looking, what, you know, what am I thinking or what am I looking at right now that's creating this anxiety, this panic, it's amazing what you're going to hear. You're going to hear, and once you start listening, you're going to hear it over a hundred times. Like, oh my gosh, I say the same thing over and over again. So you wonder why you have anxiety and you stay stuck in it. It is because you're just not aware yet of how to stop it. And one of the ways is to just notice what you're thinking, switch 
your focus to what it is you want. Do you want to feel more calm? Do you want to feel more confident? Well, then that is the type of thought that you need to be thinking instead of, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to do that. How can I, nobody ever, no, and you can just hear your mind go instead of, wait a minute, I have done this before. I can do this right now. Even if I have some anxiety, I can. So that to me is a, it's, it sounds simple, but, and people almost don't believe that it can be that powerful. But if you just slow down for a minute, you will hear these things and then you can do something about it. It does sound simple. I guess to me, uh, what I can recognize is that the hard part is actually recognizing you're in that mode, right? Being mindful enough to notice this is what's happening right now so that you can even have the conversation with yourself to change that, mm-hmm. right? Because because too many of us, or at least my, my experience is all I can say is as a completely non- untrained psychologist, <laughs> uh, IT guy, uh, <laughs> I can tell you that from my perspective, I can think of things like that after the fact, but it's hard in the moment to stop and go, wait, I'm like letting myself spiral. How do, do you have any strategies, trips or tricks in, in, in learning how to, how to stop in the moment there? You know, I, I often feel like um, in the beginning, when you start this practice, it's like stopping a locomotive on a track. I mean, that's the hard part. It is just getting those few times to slow yourself down enough to notice. But it's like, and it's like changing a habit. And we know how much we all enjoy doing that. But it's very similar. You know, let, let's take smoking, for instance. You have an urge, right? And you grab the cigarette. What do you do instead if you're changing that habit? You have to replace it with something else, whether it's the gum or a carrot. And so there's kind of no easy way. How do you stop that initial urge? You've got to think about it enough times to start to stop it. But you know, people do quit smoking, (laughs) that you know, they do change habits, but when you just got to slow down and I feel intention is everything. I intend to be calmer. And that's where it comes in with your focus. I will get through this in a much calmer way. So I think you've got to just slow down. And I don't think I do have any kind of magic wand to make it that much easier in the moment. But I think what's important is once you do start to listen, that if you start hearing self-sabotaging thoughts and other things that are even worse, you've got to address them. So it's the same kind of thing. You've got to stop long enough to just listen to yourself. Sometimes I like one of the best uh, exercises, and again, it's very simple. Look in the mirror in the morning and hear what do you say to yourself? That First look in the morning. That's one of the times you can start to hear and be aware of what you're saying to yourself. And if you can just imagine right now, if you look in the mirror, do you think it's going to be something positive? <laughs> you should be like, oh my gosh, you know, your hair looks, you know, you can just hear that start. So it's kind of that same. You've got to take the moment and listen, and then you'll hear it. I like that. 
I, I think it takes time, right? Like it's not a skill that you're going to develop in an instant, but I think again, with repetition, I think that it, it definitely can be possible for me. I know that like calming myself in the morning with meditation, when I remember mm. to do it, that is like game changer for the day. I'm exponentially more productive again, when I remember to do it, you know, and I find, you know, the same, same for me. I must meditate. I've got it now. If I, I feel like if I don't meditate, it's like I don't brush my teeth in the morning. You know, I have to. And I find it's cumulative. And same with any of these other habits that I'm talking about right now. It really is developing some new habits in your day. And once you do it enough times, you want to do it. So if you can just, again, have that intention, I really want to look at this deeper you can do it. Definitely. And I mean, if something's ruminating for me, I know that writing it down helps too. So maybe even addressing it out loud, right? Because if it's stuck in your mind, it's just going to stay there and you're just going to be like a cog on a wheel and you're just going to get more and more anxious or just going to become more and more prevalent. (laughs) But if you can express it in some way, whatever that means to you, I feel like that can be extremely powerful in helping you kind of overcome that hump. You know, I was just reading an article the other day about that. And they even said, say it out loud, talk to yourself. And you know how a lot of times, oh, you know, those people that talk to themselves, <laughs> but they were just saying, we're actually much more productive if we say it out loud to ourselves. So I'm going to encourage your listeners <laughs> to start saying it out loud, start talking to yourself. And it even, they said, even to talk to yourself in the third person. Mm. See, that's that's why I have a dog so that I don't look like I'm just talking to myself. But really, I'm just talking to my dog and it's the same thing. Like, what do you want to do today? Well, we should probably do this. You know, I I do. Me and my husband, we laugh. We do the same thing in the car if we're riding in the car and we'll talk to the dog and say, did you see what he just did? (laughs) Can you believe he just did that? The same kind of thing, but it makes kind of a joke out of it. So you are much lighter about it. The dog's like, why do you keep putting me in the middle? And they love it. Where's my treat? I'm good. I think we're all animal lovers here. Oh, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you said something about it being cumulative, Mm -hmm. too, in regards to, like, meditation and stuff. And I'm sure that's the same for the opposite side of the coin, right? Like, any negative self-talk also builds up. And I know know a lot of our listeners are, like, just starting their businesses or, or dreaming about it. And... The more you kind of say, like, oh, I can't do that to yourself day in and day out, the harder it's going to be. And obviously, like, this is talking mindset shift here. And there's no amount of talking to myself and saying, tomorrow I'm going to be able to fly. That's going to (laughs) work. But, you know, so like for anyone who's out there like, well, you can't do everything. Of course, you can't do everything. But you, it's amazing the power of that self-talk, I think, is what you're saying, where where if, if you tell yourself day in and day out, I can't be a business owner, uh, why should I start a business? Then you're not going to. Mm-mm. But if you start telling yourself, like, I'm smart enough, like that old, like, Jack Handy thing from SNL, which is, like, <laughs> such a played out thing, but, like, seriously, like, I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> Like it sounds hokey and I hate to even say it as a joke, but if you say it to yourself for like a week, like here's, here's my challenge. Say it to yourself for seven days in a row. See how you feel. First day, uncomfortable, yes. right? Seventh day, 
you might notice a huge shift. <laughs> you know, it is, you were so right, whether it's in business or in your personal life, the daily habits that you do, I think make or break you in business. Because if you're not paying attention to the little things, you're never going to pay attention or even notice the big things. So I think the more methods or systems we can get, and that's what I would call a habit, you know, is just a system that keeps you on track. And your thoughts and your mindset, to me, are probably one of the biggest for success in business. Do you want to continue to grow or are you fearing you're going to lose something? So you've got to be on top of what your mindset is. And part of that is checking out your thoughts then. Mm-hmm. and emotions that. it's just like it's just like smiling too if you're like down or or like you know i've, I've always hated that because when in the moment when you're like depressed or just tired or angry or any of these things you're like e- even if that thought and it's again that making sure that thought even comes up is one hurdle but if that thought does enter your brain maybe if i smiled what would happen um gosh, I don't want to do that (laughs) when I'm angry or sad or anything. But the few times I've actually made myself do it, it's amazing instant like physiological reaction. Like I'm still annoyed. I'm still whatever, but I'm like so much calmer about it. And it's, it's like, it sounds too simple. (laughs) Therefore it sounds kind of stupid. Like really just, just engage those muscles why <laughs> it is so <laughs> like... true and i because i do i do a podca- podcast you know anxiety simplified and i that's what i really try to do is come up with the the simplest ways that people hopefully do it but that's what i find some people don't believe it it's like are you kidding just smiling i think it was tony robbins had that as an exercise for changing your physiology but he said even so you're not mm-hmm. looking you know look up and then put a big smile on your face so maybe nobody's noticing <laughs> you don't see it but when you do that it's like you almost cannot laugh you have to almost right. laugh and i think smiling is probably so underrated it can just make yeah. your heart feel so good. Or you know what I think about too? If you smile at somebody else with our masks on, it's a lot harder I'm on that. Got to smile with your eyes. Got to smile with your eyes. But any, ch- you know what I do when I play with babies like I used to in the supermarket? You start smiling at them. They will wait for you to come around the corner on the next aisle because they're so engaged with you. We all need it. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like we're halfway from fear to fearless at this point. So (laughs) have we hit your three? I feel fearless. (laughs) Have we hit your three (laughs) secrets or are there more secrets that you want to share with us? Well, it really is a kind of a system. And that's my Thrive system. The first step is that you've got to start noticing your thoughts. The second is you putting together it with the emotion so you're really putting your heart and your head together before you make a decision and, and act. And like in business, I think it's really important. I think a lot of times we're using one or the other. Our head, it's logical. I'm, it's a number. I'm going to do it. Or it's totally emotional. I'm just going to fly in off and just do it. But if you put them together, I am thinking logically. I think this sounds like a really good step. But my gut is saying, absolutely not. 
then you you can't you can't do it unless both of them are in agreement. And once you do that, it's almost it's 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 almost a guarantee. I guess we don't have any guarantees, but it's just like you've got the best of both worlds of knowing how to feel and move forward with confidence for the best possible decision. And once you do that, it just feels like you have opened up a whole new world of possibilities because you feel it. I feel confident. I wouldn't be moving forward if I wasn't feeling I can do this for sure. And my logic already did all the analysis. <laughs> so it's just part of that system when you put their head and your heart together and then you can move together. And that's where, to me, it helps to eliminate the fear because you've done both sides of preparing that fear is really telling you to do. And if you do have anxiety, listen to it because it's telling you're not ready. You're not prepared. So get prepared, do the logic, and then move together anyways, because sometimes you do have to step over that fear and just do it. And then the path is clear. I was going to say, I mean, I feel, yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, I feel like sometimes you can be super prepared and like seemingly feel super confident about it. But if it's something that you've never done before or something that you've never tackled, I feel like there's always going to be that little piece of fear that you have to overcome, but that's, that can be healthy fear too, right? Like healthy fear is something new. That means you're stepping outside of your comfort zone and yeah, it might work. Yeah, it might not, but you're going to learn something either way, right? Big, big lesson. And I think about public speaking, which is the number one fear. And same thing, you can prepare and prepare and you've got your notes and you step out there. But you, you know, but you've got to get settled and your feet planted and you're looking at that whatever spot you're going to be looking at for that speech. And you're going to have butterflies. You're going to have some anxiety. But once you start speaking, that will keep you right on task with more energy and more clarity. Yeah, so anxiety can actually be used in a positive way to keep us even on task and moving forward and not stuck. Yeah, I think that's a great reminder too, because I think a lot of people want to get rid of anxiety completely, (laughs) you know? And it's like, no, 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 use it. Like, it's going to be there. Like, even, even when, you know, Tony Robbins probably, go back to him, he's been on stage a million times. I'm sure he sometimes, like, has a little nervous energy is probably way diminished from like the first time anyone stood on stage, but like, you know, it's probably still there and you got to use it. It's not like these, these people you look at that go, look at this person. They're not, they're fearless. Like, no, they're, they're probably got some butterflies, but they're, they figured out how to overcome uh, step through and, and go forward anyway. That's right? it. Do it with courage. You know, that's courage. Just doing it anyways. When you've got some fear, we're always going to have fear And we're creatures, really, we're animals, and that is always going to keep us alive. And that's what it's made for us, for survival. It just don't let it stop you and freeze you up. You got to keep moving. Three questions. Number one, what is your bucket list travel destination? Is Florida to, to swim with the dolphins or Hawaii, but I think we're sticking around here more. So I really want to swim with the dolphins. <laughs> nice. Nice. If you could choose, what would be your last meal? Something really 
fatty. I want Alfredo sauce on pasta and bread with butter smeared all and over. And fry it all. And a sauce. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> Fried salad. <laughs> I'm just thinking, Maine, what's, what's Texas, fatty? Geez, I don't Josh. know. <laughs> the things you're not going to live to regret. <laughs> Alfredo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's all cream. Right, Alfredo. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what? Ooh, they fry they an Oreo. Fry anything. All right. What is your favorite hobby that doesn't make you money? I love feeding my Muscovy ducks. We have a little waterway in front of us and they are the, they look, they're the size of a turkey and they're different colors and they've got a mask and they got these little red, I call them bejeweled. They look like warts, but I just love them and I love feeding them. They just make me happy. Excellent. All right, Joanne, where can our listeners find you, reach out to you, listen to you? You can, um, Go to my website, anxietysimplified.net, and there's lots there um, for more ways to help with anxiety, or if you are interested in an emotional support or psychiatric service dog, that is another way to find me. Excellent. Hey, kudos on that domain name. That, that <laughs> like relieves the, the simplified part relieves my anxiety. Just reading anxiety simplified. Oh, it's calming. <laughs> well, Jen, it was a pleasure having you on. We really appreciate your time today. Hey, Unstuckers, Chell here. If you know of a busy family who finds it challenging to cook meals at home and often finds themselves going out or ordering in, have them follow the link in the show notes to learn more about how I teach busy families to cook quick and easy meals, even on the busiest of weeknights. The Unstuck Institute podcast is also brought to you by our awesome new life book. Want to get a handle on your life and where you're going? Lack of productivity keeping you down? Download our free workbook to get clear on where you want to go in life and use the life book system to keep yourself on track and be more productive in your life. Download the Unstuck Institute Lifebook today at www.unstuck.institute slash lifebook. Remember, it's free. It's time for a recap. One, watch yourself talk. Two, put your head and heart together. Three, do it with courage. Be anxious, but do it anyway. And that's a wrap on episode 120. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. And remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. Check out episodes one, two, and three to learn more about the Unstuck Institute, Josh and myself. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show a lot. If you leave us a five-star written review, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a 30-minute brainstorming coaching session with Josh and myself. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, unstuck.institute. And we'll talk to you next week when we'll be talking about networking groups and why they work. The daily habits that you do, I think, make or break you in business, because if you're not paying attention to the little things, you're never going to pay attention or even notice the big things. 
Celestina. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo. Figaro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. I was a drama kid. All we did was sing that song. <laughs>